This is The Space Shot, episode 217, for December 17th, 2017. Kitty Hawk. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. On December 17, 1903, two brothers accomplished something that humans have dreamt about since antiquity. Orville and Wilbur Wright owned a bicycle shop in Dayton, Ohio, and it was there that the brothers began to experiment with gliders and airplanes. They performed many glider tests, which led up to the first powered flight, which happened on this day in 1903. The Wright Flyer is a unique-looking aircraft with two handmade propellers, a biplane design, and a custom-made aluminum engine, which was very rare at the time. If you check out the show notes, the first link you will see will be to a picture of the Wright Brothers' first flight. By today's standards, this aircraft looks remarkably primitive. I've been reading The Wright Brothers by David McCullough, and the story leading up to their first flight is remarkable. We seem to take for granted how easy it is to find information in 2017. Using a web browser allows one to find books, articles, pictures, videos, and more. In all, a vast collection of human knowledge that's available anywhere with an internet connection. Back in The Wright Brothers' day, things were a little bit different. In 1899, Wilbur sat down to pen a handwritten letter to the Smithsonian Institution for information related to flight. A short time later, a list of books and pamphlets arrived in Ohio, where the Wright brothers eagerly studied them. There were other attempts at flight during the turn of the century, and they never really ended well. Designing a wing that could produce enough lift to carry any significant weight meant that the Wright brothers had to find a way to do lots of tests to determine the best wing shape. Their answer was to use a wind tunnel. They weren't the first to use such a machine. They did end up producing dozens of wing surfaces constructed out of small pieces of metal. Iterating on different designs allowed them to investigate different wings, and this laid the groundwork for their future flights. December 17, 1903 was an exceptionally chilly day, made even more frigid by the constant winds that were blowing at 20-plus miles per hour. After years of preparation and testing gliders, it was finally time to fly. I want to read an excerpt from Orville Wright's diary from that day. Quote, Thursday, December 17th. When we got up, a wind of between 20 and 25 miles an hour was blowing from the north. We got the machine out early and put out a signal for them in at the station. Before we were quite ready, John T. Daniels, W.S. Doe, A.D. Esteridge, and W.C. Brinkley of Manteo, and Johnny Moore of Nagshead arrived. After running the engine and propellers for a few minutes to get them in working order, I got on the machine at 10.35 for the first trial. The wind, according to our anemometers at the time, was blowing a little over 20 miles, 27 according to the government anemometer at Kitty Hawk. On slipping the rope, the machine started off, increasing speed to probably 7 or 8 miles. The machine lifted off from the track just as it was entering on the fourth rail. 
Mr. Daniels took a picture just as it left the tracks. I found the control of the front rudder quite difficult on account of its being balanced too near the center and thus had a tendency to turn itself when stated so that the rudder was turned too far on one side and then too far on the other. As a result, the machine would rise suddenly to about 10 feet and then as suddenly, on turning the rudder, dart for the ground. A sudden dart went out about 100 feet from the end of the tracks, ended the flight. Time, about 12 seconds, not know exactly, as watch was not promptly stopped. The lever for throwing off the engine was broken, and the skid under the rudder cracked. After repairs, at 20 minutes after 11 o'clock, Will made the second trial. The course was about like mine, up and down, but a little longer over the ground, though about the same time. Distance not measured, but about 175 feet. Wind speed not quite so strong. With the aid of the station men present, we picked up the machine and carried it back to the starting ways. After about 20 minutes till 12 o'clock, I made the third trial. When out about the same distance as Will's, I met with a strong gust from the left which raised the left wing and slided the machine off to the right in a lively manner. I immediately turned the rudder to bring the machine down and then worked the end control. Much to our surprise, on reaching the ground, the left wing struck first, showing the lateral control of this machine much more effective than on any of our former ones. At just 12 o'clock, Will started on the fourth and last trip. The machine started off with its ups and downs, as it had before, but by the time he had gone over three or four hundred feet, he had it under much better control, and was traveling on a fairly even course, it proceeded in this manner, till it reached a small hummock out about 800 feet from the starting ways, when it began pitching again and suddenly darted to the ground. The front rudder was badly broken up, but the main frame scuffed none at all. The distance over the ground was 852 feet in 59 seconds. One of the things I noticed while reading this excerpt from his diary was how Orville referred to it as, quote, the machine. The machine, or the Wright Flyer, was the first powered aircraft that was controlled by humans. The picture that was taken of this first flight was captured by John T. Daniels, and it's one of the most iconic of the 20th century. One of the many things that I found fascinating about the Wright brothers is that they knew the importance of visually documenting their experiments. Reading Orville's diary provides insights into the specifics of those four flights, but flying is an experience that's dominated by our visual senses. Whether we're looking at the ground while airborne, watching instruments during poor weather, or visually inspecting an aircraft before leaving the ground, we rely on our eyes to fly. It's interesting to think about how the story of this flight was captured in a single image that will live on as long as there are people around to look at it. Be sure to check out the first link in the show notes to see the picture of the Wright Flyer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I appreciate all of you that have left reviews for the podcast. It really means a lot to me, and it does help more people find the show. If you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at John Molnix pretty much anywhere on the internet, and I'll shoot you a Space Shot sticker and a little thank you. 
Also, while you're in your podcast app of choice, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the space shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, Project Score. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.